0: Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast, where the best in the business bring you the best in fitness, nutrition, wellness, and overall, making you the best athlete of all time. We're host, Coach P, and his fellow coaches, Kayla, Destiny, Jen, and Ian take you on a path to greatness. Let's get on with our guest, and let's have a great time. Let's roll. Welcome back to the Evolved Athlete Podcast, y'all. I have the esteemed pleasure of having an awesome individual on the podcast today. She is a big time member of our own evolved athlete community as well. Literally see her name come across the screen at least five times a day when I'm looking at my WhatsApp community, but she is amazing. She's awesome. She even recommended uh, her own fitness coach to me, who I am now currently coaching. She's awesome as well. I would like to introduce Anna Odell, thank you for coming on to the podcast, my dear. How are you today?
1: Yeah, good. I'm so excited to be here.
0: How did you originally find Evolve in the first place? How did that happen?
1: Honestly, I before I joined NLCA, I was just stalking people associated with NLCA, and I found Kayla, and I was following her long before I ever worked with her. Um, so I was like a little fangirl, I think, at first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then she was, uh, was she one of your coaches through NLCA too?
1: Yeah. So she's my coach currently in in Master Coach. And then just like love her business and what she's doing and um, got to know you guys and then I as I grew my team I was like okay I want my girls to work with fitness coaches so I was pushing them to join with Evolve and they did which is awesome
0: <laughs> well we love that Ana it's been a pleasure getting to know you and you know seeing so many awesome conversations that you guys have in the Evolve chat every day I want our audience to know all about you please tell us all about yourself who is Anna?
1: Oh man. Um, like what do you want to know?
0: Where are you from, girl? Tell us where you're from. What do you do with your time? And then we're gonna get into your story behind fitness, girl.
1: Okay. Well, I'm from originally Florida, although I won't I don't claim Florida. I live in Las Vegas now. I don't claim Las Vegas either. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in the military for ten years, so I was kind of stationed all over. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Oh, you did it?
0: Yeah. What what I... branch are they? what branch did you serve?
1: I was in the Air Force. I joined right out of high school, like didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground at the time, like really became an adult with mommy and daddy Air Force taking care of me. Um, but yeah, I I, tra- I was stationed all over um, in the Air Force and then got out and, you know, did some things trying to figure out like what I was supposed to be doing with my life, um, continued to follow money instead of like my passion and what I wanted to be doing, which was fitness. And then like, finally, here I am.
0: That's awesome. I love that. And I I have a soft spot because I, one of the primary populations I work with is vets. I've worked with veterans forever. And throughout my entire, even as a kid, I did USO back when I was in high school and I did the toys for tots and always tried to give back the best that I could. And then through my PhD, I worked uh, at the VA hospital for five years um, doing just physical activity interventions, working as a research associate slash personal trainer, um, hearing stories and, hearing some cool ass things from everything from army guys to air force vets to <laughs> black ops um which was a really really cool guy <laughs> that I met um but always had a really really big soft spot and so and I continue to do all that I can for vets uh, within my own research here at EKU. so absolutely love that um awesome. so with all that being said tell us about your journey with fitness how did have you always been into fitness did you play sports what was what was your life growing up
1: no i was actually just thinking about this just earlier today i was the most like uncoordinated, non-athletic person as like as a kid. And in high school, actually, this girl, she tried to stab me in the neck with a pen when I was in high school. and Yeah. Yeah. And my dad was like, you can't fight. You can't take care of yourself. So we have to put you in martial arts, which was like, my first experience doing anything like exercise related, and I remember after my first class, and we had to do push-ups, like crying on the ground to my dad, like I can't do a push-up, like this is bullshit, you know. Um, so I was I was not an athlete, but what happens? I say martial arts, but it was like MMA. Um, what happened was I kind of just. Went from like that awkward, like you don't know what the fuck you're doing, to like really excelling, and I fell in love with like boxing and kickboxing and MMA as a whole, and that just like progressed into um, other forms of fitness throughout my life after that. So your your
0: your dad turns you into, for a lack of a better word, and this is not derogatory, a tough bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I owe it to him for sure. I owe it so- to him, and then the girl who stabbed me or tried to stab me, her too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only reason why I'm comfortable saying that is because my own fiance is the definition of that as well. And so she <laughs> she and she prides herself on being called that because she had a really, really mm-hmm. tough dad who turned her into a rock star as far as who's tough and how she handles life. So I absolutely admire that, Anna. That is amazing. So is that the caveat to what started everything and getting your interest into being physically active? Like what led to you getting into the Air Force?
1: Um, that was also my dad. <laughs> I wanted, so at the time I wanted, I actually have a, my bachelor's is in psych and my master's is in counseling. So I wanted to be a therapist, which is, yeah, it's actually like a weird goal for a 17 year old to have. Like, I'm going to be a counselor. Like, I don't, what 17 year olds think of that, but that's what I wanted to do. And we couldn't afford school. We couldn't afford college. So he was really pushing me to join the air force, but that was my intent was do, you know, for six years, I actually ended up doing six years at the last minute, um, which turned into 10, but um, I just went in for school to get my education.
0: Okay. I see. And so it was yeah. more in, but did did you find that part of your journey was due to what your experiences through the Air Force that's encouraged you to be where you are now? How did that all turn?
1: Like from a fitness perspective?
0: Yeah. So how did everything evolve? Did you, did you find your love of fitness during that time? Or is this what sparked back in the day when you started doing the kickboxing and the martial well, arts?
1: I feel like there's so many pieces to it. I mean, that was the start of it for sure. But you know, I remember also during those years, I was doing like Atkins with my dad, you know, oh, carbs make you fat, you know? <laughs> so like all of that, I remember eating like hot dogs. Like I would have like four hot dogs cut up with ketchup because you can't have the bun, you know? It's just stupid. <laughs> but, uh, but it, at least I had this like meat, I don't know. But so that I had a really twisted perception of nutrition for a while. And, um, like a bit of body dysmorphia that I think is probably normal when you're you're younger and trying to figure out yourself. Um, I don't know. I did like lots of extreme dieting and uh, extreme exercise too, and just didn't really know what to do. But I, I had a lot of Disordered eating habits, I would say. And Mm -hmm. so I started working with um, an online coach back in 2013. And that's what really kind of changed my life and opens me up to the world of like online fitness coaching. Um, It was just this girl who she was like a bad bitch and I found her on Instagram and I was like, okay, like, can you help me? Um, and I was burned a couple times by other fitness coaches that I don't know. They were just sell. They were they were just like scams, really. Um, mm-hmm. So I was apprehensive. But she was cool, and I worked with her for a really long time. And um, she's the one that I would say really um, taught me about flexible dieting. And like I had my own journey of still trying to heal my relationship with food because I like struggled with binge eating and. Uh, uh, there's i mean there was a, a period of time where i was like outwardly really fit like i i looked yoked but internally like if i fucked up my macros i was throwing up my food you know gosh. or i would go and yeah I was bad and i would go and like binge eat in the middle of the night and my at the time boyfriend who was a bodybuilder and like micromanaged my uh diet i would like ha- hide my ho-hos like at the bottom of the trash can so he wouldn't see them it was just like oh, really gosh sick. Yeah. Um, but no, it all, it was all, it was all a part of my journey. And like me really, I had to go through all of that stuff to, I feel like, um, be able to help other women who have had those same struggles, heal their relationships with food. So, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting ADD on you and I'm not, am I answering your
0: question? No, no you, you're answering it perfectly. And so, you know, I, everyone seems to have that What was the straw that broke the camel's back, you know, kind of time throughout their lives where they finally said, you know what, screw this. I need to get better. I need to figure my shit out. I need to pursue a different style of life. And so what was it at? So how long was it that you dealt with potential eating disorder issues before you started to go into a better direction?
1: Honestly, I would say that my eating disorder issues were finally resolved about two years ago. So it's relatively new. It's It's been a, a freaking journey for sure, for sure. Um, but one of my big aha moments, I would say, was back, it was probably 20, also like 2013 when I reached out to my first online fitness coach. I had a friend who, she was like a normal girl, just a, a normal girl that I hung out with and had dinner with. And I didn't see her for like a year. And then all of a sudden she was yoked. And I was like, "What the fuck? Like, what did you do?" And I thought, if this like really normal girl could do it, like I can do it too, you know. Mm-hmm. And that is really what changed it for me because I used to always think like I used to. I've always admired like the female bodybuilder physique. I just I think it's badass. I think it's beautiful. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Ah, you look like a man," and uh, like not me. I just I love it. I love it. I think it's art. Um. So I would always look at girls with this physique and be like, "Damn!" Like that's just not in the cards for me. I can never have that. And when I saw my friend change her body so much, I was like, wait a minute, maybe I can have that. Maybe this just has to do with the choices that I make. That was like my big aha moment.
0: I love that. That is so inspiring. And that is so awesome. I love how you said art as well, because it really is. It's, it's, you know, it's a form of not only, you know, health, but when you do it, you know, a proper way, it can really be that type of journey for someone. And I think that that's wonderful because, and this is something I teach in my coaching psychology class is fitness is that gateway to just better (laughs) <laughs> across the board yeah. as far as how you approach yeah. life, how you approach challenge. Um, and so what were some of the things, what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned throughout your journey so far as you've been overcoming your challenges?
1: Oh, uh, man, I, I just, I hate diet culture and I feel like diet culture can be really toxic for women. Um, so my, a lot of my, my big lessons is just being careful of who you're listening to and like not listening to these narratives that are being pushed. Like everybody, I, I, the fact that my dad just started keto, I was so pissed when I found this out. Like, dad, why are you doing keto? Like, come on. Just like, it's not, I, I, so many women or men or people, they just feel like they have to do these unrealistic things um, to reach their goal. But there's no, like, what do you think is going to happen when you go back to eating carbs? Because realistically, like, most of us can't go forever without eating carbs and really probably shouldn't. So, Um, I don't know. I just I I think being really selective of like who you're getting information from and and doing your research for sure has been a big lesson because I did I did all of the the weird diets and I did a juice like juice cleansing where I wouldn't eat any solid food and like them doing an hour of cardio. I did all the weird things. Like <laughs> I really did.
0: <laughs> so you, did, did you have a mentor who, I know you said your coach taught you a lot about the flexible dieting. Was that like your gateway entrance into then learning more about how to overcome a lot of the negative issues that you saw within the fitness industry?
1: I mean, yes. So one of my my still complaints about a fitness, the fitness industry as a whole is like, you know, the zero calorie this and the fat free that. And it's just like very artificial. Like let's eat a 10 calorie jello that's full of food coloring, you know, because it's just like that's not health either. So I think a lot of people um, think that just because you're fit means you're healthy. And that's also not true. Um, I guess I think we can all kind of agree that like what pro bodybuilders do to their body or any competitive bodybuilder really to get on stage is not always healthy. Um, so it, I think the health looks different for different people. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very EDD. So I might be getting off on a tangent again. No, you're fine.
0: So what, what I want to know now is what is your definition of health now? And what is the standard that you set for your own pa- uh, patients, <laughs> for your own clientele that you target within your own business?
1: Yeah, so we teach what we call our food freedom method, which is flexible dieting. Um, We also teach the 80-20 rule. Um, 80% of your food should be healthy whole foods. 20% is whatever the hell you want. And I follow that um, for myself as well. I... For me, health, health is a little bit different than I would say even what I teach my clients because I feel like mine is a little bit more strict. I am try, I try to be very conscious of like what I'm putting in my body from an ingredient perspective and I don't like the artificial shit, I, I really don't. Um, but I don't push that on my clients because I feel like that it's that's just like we're getting too out of hand here. <laughs> you know, it's hard for a lot of people. It, it is, it's a pain in the ass for sure to live that way.
0: Right. So what are some of the things that how do you lead yourself now? And so you've, you've overcome, you know, lots of issues from the past, you've gone through many challenges. What are the principles that you live by now that keep you at your best so that individuals can look at you from a vicarious way, model you to see that? Wow. Okay. Anna knows her shit. Like she knows what she's doing. She's a badass. Like, what are the principles that you live by to be that person?
1: Yeah. Um one big one is just like practice what you preach. So what I what I tell my clients to do, I do. Um, you know, that that's a big one. And then just like the other big principle that I use to guide me is like motivation's not real. <laughs> you know, you gotta do what you gotta do regardless of how you're feeling. You have to show up every single day. And if you if you wait for the the feeling of wanting to, it's just it's never gonna happen. So just like continuing to show up it is a big one for me as well. I love
0: that one. How about when it comes to fitness and nutrition? So I know you got the 80/20 rule and you've got the, you know, focus on your whole diet. What is your approach to individuals who come to you and say, "I want that booty, but I don't want to look like a guy." And so for for the person who, you know, embraces the artistic style that weightlifting and bodybuilding can bring, especially to to a woman's beauty, what is your approach when you work with your clients?
1: Well, my first thing is like a little bit of education, like realistically, it's going to be very hard for you to get that look, you know, like I I feel like I do all of the things to try to put on muscle and I don't look halfway near as yoked as I wish I did. It's just, I'm like, okay, most of these people who look that way are like probably on steroids, you know, Um, and like you have to have everything perfect. And so it's just letting them know like, hey, this it's not going to happen overnight. And you like... You're not going to look that way. Don't be scared of l- lifting weights. Like it, it, it's a good thing. But I have girls that come to me a lot and they're like, yeah, I want to grow my booty. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's get it. Let's do it.
0: And so, and what I like to remind my clients as well is that doesn't mean we're going to do 300 sideline uh, leg races. You're going to well,
1: squat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Which For cracks sure. me up all the yeah, time. Another it's...
1: one. I'm like, don't, can you, we just put the booty bands away, please?
0: <laughs> the pretty pants away. I would love to know, what are you currently training for? What are your current goals? Like As a fitness leader yourself, what, how do you push yourself every day? Do you ever plan on ever stepping on stage? Or are you just doing the, uh, doing the recreational, I'm just going to be an athlete and live for myself kind of thing?
1: Yeah, that's been the great debate for me. I, I keep going back and forth with my coach um, on like, okay, let's do it. I'm gonna compete 2024. And then I'm like, no, just kidding. I don't wanna do it. <laughs> I think what it comes down to for me is like, I don't know if I'm willing to really put myself through what that requires. The other thing is that my business honestly is number one to me and being able to give that my 100% all and I just don't, I feel like, for girls who are competing like that has to be your number 1 priority and focus. So for me, I a lot of people think I train 5 days a week. I don't. I train, you know, I lift 4 days a week and I've been doing that for about a year now. It's just much more sustainable for me. Um my number one like isn't me being in the gym. It's me showing up as a business owner and helping, you know, uh, my clients, our clients change their lives. Uh fitness is a part of that for sure, but it's definitely not my identity.
0: I I love that and that's definitely shows I can instantly see your leadership style through that which is something I just had a discussion with with my own students in my adapted class and we focus on learning the right types of way to lead others especially when you work with special populations. so it focuses on strength and conditioning for adults with disabilities and part of what I said is the biggest quality that you can ever work on to give more to people is to be a servant style leadership when it comes to being able to give and so With your history in counseling and psychology, I really want to dig into this. How much effort do you put into the development of confidence and what struggles have you had or challenges do you see currently in people nowadays, especially after shit like COVID and all the other things that we got in this current state of the world where Everyone's got to look beautiful because of social media. Whatever social media says, that's what beautiful looks like. What have been your experiences working with your own clients and facing those types of challenges? And how do you coach them to have a better mindset?
1: Yeah, I I feel like I haven't seen so many people expressing to me that this societal pressure, for sure, I've experienced that in my own journey. Um, But my clients more so haven't came to me saying like, oh, I feel this pressure or um that you know anything like that it's more so a lot of fear uh surrounding like working out in front of other people or going to the gym because they think that people are going to look at them or point and laugh there's a lot of like mental blocks i feel like in that regard um versus like societal pressure to be whatever the hell it is that society's saying we should be these days
0: And it's crazy because there's always something new every day or something different or something that pushes people in the wrong direction of actually having a better perception of themselves, which drives me crazy as a coach.
1: Mm -hmm. I do work with older women as well, mostly women, 30s, 40s and 50s. So not saying 30s is older or anything, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm 35. But um, no, I don't really work with people in their 20s. um, So I think that that's more of a younger generation perspective i i struggle with that a lot um when i was younger but like in my 30s i'm like fuck the kylie jenner look and <laughs> all that stuff like we're not trying to do all that
0: <laughs> with that being said what are some of the challenges that you run into when working with the populations that you do
1: yeah a, a lot of it is like i said the the motivation a lot of people just they feel like they need to wait for the feeling of i really want to do this cnl you know, In order to do it and then a lot of fear around being in the gym
0: so how do you get off your own ass and get to the gym what are ways that you get motivated and how do you lead that way to model for your clients hey look this is how it's done
1: yeah I feel like for me it's so habitual like, it's just, it's a part of the day and I just put it in, I put it on my calendar. It's something that it's an appointment I can't miss, you know? And when you look at it that way, that, and in, in, really this, this isn't like a torturous thing that you're doing because you hate yourself. It, this is an act of self-love and self-care and you should be honoring your body and thanking your body for, you know, and I tell my clients, like, I have them go on what we call mental health walks. And it's really just like a mindset focused walk where you're like thanking your legs for carrying you and uh, very woo-woo, but um, like just appreciation of the body and what your body can do. And I feel like when you're in the gym, it's, it, that's the same thing. So for me, I find um, like strength training, very um, like therapeutic and it, it's just, it's a good, happy place. And I try to help others kind of come to that same realization. Like this is how we honor ourselves. This is how we take care of ourselves. This isn't punishment.
0: I love that. Do you? And so, and this is probably something you've heard over and over and over again, because I know this is a Chad Molyneux thing. I know this is a Kayla Diamond thing. What are, first of all, what is the, what is the name of your business and what are its core tenets? If
1: you have. Those? Yeah. So, um, enlightened, Nutrition Light Fitness, our core tenets are, let's just be honest, practice what you preach and no shortcuts.
0: I love that. And so I know you talked a lot about practice what you preach. Why did you choose the other two?
1: Um, honesty, integrity is very, very, very important to me. It's like my number one core value as it's first. rare. <laughs> <sighs> it's rare. It is rare. Um, and then no shortcuts I chose because and that's more of like my militant attitude. Um I the Air Force says like excellence in all you do, you know. Which is, I really do believe that you should show up and do your absolute best every single day and not half-ass things. I am I'm not down with half-assing at all in in anything that you do. If you give, I actually said this to a client today, I'm a very like, I'll keep it real with you. I'm gonna tell you like what you need to hear and not necessarily what you want to hear. So I'm like, if you (laughs) give half-ass effort, you're going to get half-ass results. So if you're cool with half-assing everything, then, like cool but who actually is who actually feels really good about like half-assing
0: have you always been comfortable with giving it to people straight or did you have to get to a point where you had to develop that skill because i find so many of my green trainers and my new students sometimes they just don't have the courage to do it i'm like you got to give it to people straight or they're not going to learn
1: yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is, it's probably a part of my personality that I actually have tried to tone down a bit um, because sometimes I've noticed like, well, obviously everybody responds differently to different types of feedback. So, um, and like everyone, everyone's different. Um, <laughs> so in the Air Force, they did like color coding, like some of the blues are the people that are like really emotional and you have to, but now I guess like NLCA does that Enneagram. But, um, but either way, um I feel like for certain people, I should probably tone it down. And I do try to, because it's just not going to be received well. Um, But I just have always been more so like, this is what it is.
0: Do you find it difficult in this day and age with the, whoops, my microphone, (laughs) with this cancel culture bullshit and... People having a hard time. of. Oh, my gosh, I'm offended. Like, have you ever run into any issues with that? I've actually been very fortunate in my own coaching that I have yet to really run into that. You know, when you when you're talking with people in fitness, you tend to get a particular type of character that is looking for that type of guidance and structure. But have you run into any issues or challenges with this before?
1: Yeah, actually. Um, so one of the things that we talk about with our company is because of my mental health background, we we say, "Hey, the, we are taking a whole person approach to this journey." So we're going to dig into your mindset. We're going to dig into your mental health too. It's all connected. It's all part of this. Um, so I had a client who was extremely non-compliant and uh, like not resistant to weight loss, or her body. She wasn't responding to weight loss, and we took her through a, re- a reverse diet, and I felt like she had a lot of trust in me until we started the cut. And then I don't know what the hell happened. She just like, wouldn't do any of the things. Um, and then basically she was telling me her stress was a 10 out of 10 every day. And she was getting like 25,000 steps a day, every single day. What? And uh, yeah, I don't even know what she was doing. So, uh, um, I had told her my, my first, she, I always asked like, how are you managing your stress? And she would say, well, through prayer. And I was like, okay, that's great. Like I fully support that. I feel like you might need to find another way to also like navigate your stressors because we're still 10 out of 10. And this, I explained to her about how, you know, cortisol, weight loss, you know, um, she just flipped out on me and said that it's highly inappropriate that i I suggested talking with the therapist and how dare I tell her that twenty five thousand steps is insane? Um, and just like didn't she didn't want the help I was providing, really. I was trying to like, piece apart every everything that could have been standing in the way for her to see the results she was looking for. Another thing she was doing is like, Instead of tracking directly in my Fitness Pal, she would write every single thing down on a piece of paper, and at the end of the day, put it into my Fitness Pal. And I'm like, okay, this is not the best way to do that. And she was like, you're just like so angry at me for telling like this is what's easy for me. And so that was like the worst one that I had. Um, I ended up refunding her money, <laughs> and you know, I don't, I don't know what really happened to her, but that that was my like nightmare offended of about everything situation.
0: Oh my goodness, that's, you know, you're, I, and this is a warning that I give to every student and every coach that I work with. It's, it's never all going to be sunshine and rainbows with, right. with everyone that you work with. You're going to have those more challenging cases. And I find in specific instances like that of what you just described people will usually get instantly defensive when Mm -hmm. they know deep down that more than likely you're right. And they are not willing to accept the honesty and the integrity of actually taking ownership over the thing. And so, and that's, it's such a hard thing because then you look into your past and be like, well, shit, I made that mistake before. Like Mm -hmm. I've done that. Like I've been in my youth before being like, oh yeah, there's probably been some times in my life where I was not good at taking ownership or I was not okay with taking that constructive feedback and admitting that you know what maybe someone else's perspective might be better and it's so difficult to do nowadays when you have these so many people who are just unwilling to back down off that ego and actually let another perspective in that could actually change their lives and so and so because when, when I think about you know the individual that you just said more than likely that's the person that needs help the most is, yeah. is usually what yeah. you see is like people that put up such defenses like they're it's almost like a cry for help but they're being very very resistant to it and allowing their guard down to do so um standing so, in their own way so kudos to you for doing all that you could for that situation and hopefully you know pray for her that she has had found the the will to be able to figure out what is going to work because from all you just told me it sounds like she's just doing too much shit
1: (laughs) yeah yeah she was she was
0: (laughs) and more than likely using it as a vice to prevent that prevent herself from actually dealing with what's really causing them stress and so I'm you know I teach that all the time and when I especially to my new trainers and my new students people do the things that they do not because they want to it's because they're using that to deal with whatever's going on underneath the surface whether it's A bad relationship whether it's they don't like where they are in life they hate their job or maybe they're just really unsure of what to do next and so what do they do they use that to cope with their stress whether it's overeating smoking drinking alcohol using pornography whatever it is all right that shit is being used to help them not deal with the real issues. And so, and I challenge coaches to find out what the real issues are, but I'm sure you know just as well as I do, if you don't develop a relationship, it's going to be very, very difficult to do so. And so what is your perspective on how you approach developing relationships with clients from a professional way and how important that is, especially with your experience in mental health?
1: Yeah, it's very important to me to have a close relationship with everybody I work with, um, all of our clients. I I, they, I they, mean, they have to, it's such a deeply personal experience. Um, a lot of these women come to me and they're telling me like, I'm not even comfortable and dressing in front of my husband, you know, like that you can't get much more personal than that. So it is, it's really important to figure out like their whys and what's driving them and, and truly motivating them. Why is this so important to them and like, being a teammate with them in this and, and really, you know, guiding them for sure. But like showing them that they're really not alone on this journey, because that's the, I think that's the biggest thing is people, they feel, they don't know what to do. They feel alone and um, without the right support, it's, it, it can be a downward spiral really quick. Right. And so,
0: and with that being said as well, cause I love asking all my coaches, this is as far as your own routines go, how do you keep your mind right? What are some tools that have helped you throughout your personal life that keeps Anna O'Dell the best Ana O'Dell? I mean, I've got my own shit. You know, I love journaling. I do prayer myself. But I also know that if I don't do any physical activity, I am a completely different person. What helps keep your mind right?
1: Yes. So nutrition is a big one. Like I-, I would say the same about if I'm not doing any physical activity, I'm also like I'm a bitch but nutrition <laughs> is even more important it's true like <laughs> um but it nutrition's more important to me when I I know I my nutrition is on point I I just I feel better I show up better I, you know I that that's a big one for me I I would love to say journaling but I I'm, I'm just I don't keep up with it <laughs> like I should um I love walking outside outdoor walks I think are big um for mental health also Um, I live in Vegas. There's not a lot of greenery, but I try to surround myself in greenery (laughs) when I can. Um, But outside of that you know i of course keeping up with therapy i've been in therapy my whole lives i think just like we maintain our car we got to maintain our brain our mental health and i i think a lot of people think it's like i don't want someone to tell me or it's maybe weak i think it's like one of the strongest things you can do to maintain your mental health um actually one of the newer things i've been doing recently which is really cool is called neurofeedback um which kind of have you ever heard of it no please no or brain paint they call it um so basically it it um, rewires your, it doesn't, I was at first telling people like, oh, it heals trauma, but that's actually not true. I think what it does is it changes your brain's like trauma responses. So what you would have, how you would have reacted as a trauma response, you would no longer react like that. So basically you go and you set, you hook up to this machine and they click these, they hook up these things to your ears and your scalp and they literally turn on this machine and it shows your brain waves and your brain waves make this, like art this picture and then there's music that plays it's really weird it's really trippy but it's it's cool like it's <laughs> i'm i'm actually really th- I'm hoping that this will help my very extreme ADD. um so i'm really excited about it and i can't i'm like the type of person I, that i'll make a list but i'll make a list on seven different notebooks and then random like google docs and then i can't find my lists so i actually have a list that i've been checking off and i'm like The neurofeedback is working. Uh, So I'm really excited to see like what happens with it.
0: I've never heard of that before but it, it sounds like something that's very similar to some sort of cognitive behavioral technique which is very very interesting focusing for a lot of people is difficult nowadays with <laughs> everything that we have going on and so how do you quiet your own mind do you ever find yourself like and this is this is we're going to start diving into your approach to working with coaching and you know your your business uh philosophies but I find for most people we' we're, we're so connected with these nowadays it's like how the hell are we not able to slow down and when i work with coaches and one of the biggest things that i find with all of you is you don't know how to slow down um and this is i won't say names they know who they are miss the ceo the company I work with. <laughs> um but <laughs> it, you need to find gaps because if you continue to push yourself constantly without taking that break that's what drives neural fatigue and that's what drives burnout and overall resentment for what it is that you're doing that you originally loved and so do you find times do you where you feel this way that you feel overwhelmed and when you do what do you do to break out of that and let's start to dive into your approaches to your company
1: yeah so my mind is never quiet. <laughs> Ever, (laughs) unfortunately. Unfortunately, I would say that maybe my gym time was that time where, but now that I'm, and I should have better boundaries, but I don't, I should really put my phone on do not disturb when I'm training and just let that be my happy place. But instead I'll have, you know, my team members messaging me and I'm like trying to help them problem solve or whatever. So, or a client, same thing. Um, But yeah, my, my mind is never quiet. And I would say I, I do. I'm not the smartest by any stretch of the imagination, but I work really freaking hard. And I think that's just kind of how I've dealt with just my own shit, you know, is by just like working my ass off. So for me, and I I love what I do, so I wouldn't say that it feels like work, but I'm I'm just like the worst example, honestly, of like boundaries and like this whole burnout thing. I'll wake up at 5 a.m. and I, I, I start working and then. I don't stop until my boyfriend like yells at me and it's 8 30 and he's like, get the fuck off your laptop. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? So it's I don't know. What what was the other part of your question?
0: And so now what would you say to some coaches who are dealing with this issue? You know, who are constantly tired, who are don't taking breaks? Like, what would you if you were to coach another coach, how would you coach them through this?
1: One thing that's been helping me is putting my phone on do not disturb when I need to get things done. Um, That's a big one. I've, yeah, I've told my coaches that too, or the coaches who work with me on my team, Um, like just put it on do not disturb, knock it out, going for walks throughout the day to try to get little gaps, but um It's hard. It's really hard when you get, for me, I feel like when you get sucked in, you have to have an alarm. Like, I have to have an alarm in my phone that's like, bitch, take a break, (laughs) you know, or I won't. I won't.
0: Like, you you have to do this. And, you know, I'm a stickler for this because... I watch myself do the same shit over and over again and wonder why I'm always tired or exhausted. I'm just like, damn it, I just got my PhD. Like, why, why, why am I not, you know, doing my own thing when it comes to what I preach? And you have to, because when it comes to setting those boundaries from technology, from anything, the reason why we can't focus is we've got so many sources of information detracting us from our ability to do one thing so we've got our cell phones we've got our email notifications we've got the noises outside we've got boyfriends or spouses behind us we got the dog we've got 800 tabs open on the screen we've got whatsapp we've got slack we've got messenger on facebook we've got dmers we've got assistant coaches You need to take some time to let the brain not experience any of that because, and I tell this all the time, when people are looking at their screen and they have their phone right next to them on their left side, doesn't matter how hard you try to focus, especially if you're someone with attention deficit disorder, that phone is going to be taking at least 15 to 20% of your cognitive function at that time that you're thinking about it subconsciously without even knowing it. And so and you're pushing yourself into further neural fatigue by doing this over and over and over again. And so I challenge people, especially my coaches, and so I might have to just start sending you some stuff, Anna. is put your phone in the other freaking room when you're trying to get yeah. something done if you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Leave it outside of your bedroom. I tried to get Kayla to do that. That was hard.
1: <laughs> so it is like, hard. It is hard. <laughs>
0: And so, and I tell Megan the same thing and I'm going to tell Angelina the same thing too. It's like, I work with you all like, who are my coaches? Yeah, I've got Lizzie, I've got Megan, I've got Angelina and then... Kayla will always be my client, whether or not I'm actually coaching her right now or not. Um, I've been coaching her since she was at EKU 10 years ago. Um, but you you have to give yourself that space so that you can focus and breathe so that yeah. you can continue to show up as the wonderful coach and leader that you are. Um, and so, and with that, I'll segue into, let's talk, let's talk about enlightened fitness. Uh, and let's talk about, you know, your, your perspectives as being a coach. What, what was it that actually drove you into coaching and what made you make the choice? I'm going to do this. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. When was that moment?
1: Oh man, I wanted to do this for years. Like since I was working with my own online coach back in like, you know, 2015, 2016. And, um, I was in the air force then, so I couldn't. And, at in 2017, when I got out of the air force, I, I always felt like I never wanted to be in the Air Force. I felt like it wasn't, it just wasn't who I was, except now that I'm a civilian, I'm like, shit, I actually am way more militant than I thought I was (laughs) compared to all these other civilians out here. But um, no, I just felt like it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. But I went, I started to kind of go on a path of starting my own business back in, I would say like 2018. And Another at the time boyfriend just talked me out of it and told me how I was not going to be successful and I was just too good to be just some personal trainer and I should I had a, I had two offers uh, uh, one was a personal training job where I was had the space to actually um, explore what this fit like working in the fitness industry could mean for me and then one was like a high paying HR job and I really wanted to do the fitness training job and like you just get into that world. And I just, I listened to to him when I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And he just, he kept telling me I wasn't going to be successful. And like, I wasn't going to make money and um, jokes on him. I make 25K months now, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but that's neither here nor there, really. I ended up... I ended up going for the HR job and I felt like I sold my soul to the man. That's the whole big thing that I've always felt like my whole life, like whether it's like the Air Force or like corporate America, I always felt like actually like my life song I say is is the queen song I want to break free because I feel like that's always been me just like trying to just break free and do what i felt like i was called to do and for a while i didn't even know how to fully articulate it i just knew i wanted to do something with nutrition and fitness that was like like i said a whole person approach that really took in the mental alongside the physical cuz another thing i tell my my clients is like having a great body is awesome but you, so you have to have great mental health and that's more important you have to have great actual health that's more important than like just looking good you know so yeah. i really wanted yeah, I really wanted to incorporate all. Um, so I remember, oh, my God, I don't even know what year it is anymore. Um, 20. What is it? 2023. Yeah. So I think it wasn't in, in. OK, so in 2021, I said, that's it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. Well, you said what Like, led me to this is I so I ended up staying working i was living in new jersey at the time working in this hr job and um my boyfriend different boyfriend <laughs> um he, he
0: they're, they're stacking they're starting to stack up on there's
1: <laughs> there's a few yeah i yes yeah. <laughs> um my now boyfriend he he got orders to um to to las vegas nevada so um i was like okay let's i'll go with you like let's start over we'll we'll move there and at that time, I left this like high-paying HR job that I thought like was I couldn't leave because I was so successful and I was making good money. And I, it was just like all of the excuses that people use, you know, um, and then I think that one of the reasons why I was really successful is because when we got here, um, actually, there was a period of time where I took another job, but I was started a kinesiology program at UNLV um, mm. and yeah, for my second master's, which I actually ended up switching to nutrition. (laughs) I'm just like all over the place. Really. I want, I want equal education in nutrition, in nutrition and in like fitness. And I just can't make up my damn mind. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) again, neither here nor there. Um, I was working at Long John Silver's as a as a contract recruiter. It was it, it was just like a contract one year job and they ended up letting me go early. And um I was devastated. I was on unemployment and I was like, you know what? If I'm going to finally do this, like I need to actually do this. I need to stop like making excuses and doing all the things I need to I need to like do this shit so in 2021 like i was saying i I said okay no more talking about it let's be about it and a girl that i knew who was she's an entrepreneur and she does like lashes she told me like you got to get a business coach and i'm like what the fuck is a business coach like if and then i ended up just talking about business coaching enough that like the instagram gods heard me and like gave me the ad that's how i found like kayla and chad and nlca and um you know, just like followed everybody, and you know how they do their things. I got got a message, and here I am.
0: Wow! So, how long have you been in NLCA now?
1: Um, a year and a half. So I started in April of 2022. Oh wow, that NLCA. recent. Yeah, super recent. Um, yeah, cause I've only been, I haven't even been in business for two years. I announced my business June 1st of 2022.
0: What would you yeah. tell Zenso? And, and you've done radically amazing for yourself in such a short time, which I think is awesome and very inspiring. What would you end up telling brand new coaches as far as who are in the position just like you, where they didn't quite pull the trigger? And they had a little bit of fear and trepidation about entering that world, knowing where you are now and what came of the result, what would you tell them as far as taking that step?
1: It's mandatory. My, my biggest regret is that I didn't do this sooner, you know, and, and the biggest advice that I could give anybody is if you have, if you're trying to do this, but you have a nine to five, like you got to quit it you have to fucking quit that job because otherwise, like, how are you going to be able to show up? I think I was successful because this was my sole focus. And I'm telling you, like the the 5 a.m. to the 8 p.m., which is probably which is realistically it's not sustainable. Not probably. It's not. But like. I showed up like that every single day to build my business and to work my ass off and to, you know, get through the coursework and the modules and also for me to maintain my fitness because I didn't want to be the fitness coach who actually needed to lose 30 pounds, you know, like mm. so um, keeping up with all my, all of my own things, practicing what I preach and, 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 and doing it while I'm trying to help other people. Um, but like my my biggest thing is I wouldn't be here if I if I had a job, like another job, a nine to five. It's just it's too distracting. And I, I get the fear and all the excuses because I had them. I, I made them for way too long. And I feel like that held me back a lot.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad that you made that, you know, you made that jump and you've come so far and you're awesome now. What are the goals for your company now? Where do you see it going?
1: Uh, well, um, I just want to t- touch as many lives as possible, change as many lives, help as many people as possible. It's also really important to me that I can. Um, continue to build a solid team and have a great culture with the those team members we have i want to pay my team members salaries that they're crazy about and just give i want to be able to provide for the girls who work with me um that same ability to like escape corporate america and not have to do that to work remote doing something that they're passionate about and um i don't know just being able to to make good money and doing something you love. that I wanna be able to provide that for my team members.
0: I love that. What, what types of strategies have you been implementing with your own business to overcome the challenges of late? Where, what would you tell other coaches who are having trouble with getting clientele and building up business? And because I'm sure every, everyone has gone through that at some stage when they just start their business off from the beginning. What would you tell those coaches of how to continue to endure and how to continue to build their confidence?
1: I feel like if you show up every single day, I mean, it'll work if it's like, you know how they say, like, you just have to get the reps and you just have to keep doing it. Consistency is key, like with your fitness and your nutrition. Like maybe you won't see weight loss for that first four weeks, but like eventually it's going to happen or like the muscle building or whatever it is. It's the same way with with having your own business. Like if you keep showing up and keep doing the things and giving it your all, like it will work.
0: I love that, Anna. Thank you for so much for sharing that. As respect for your time, I don't want to take too much of your time, but you're, you're an absolute badass. I've absolutely loved having you on the podcast. And the way that I like to end when I talk with all of my coaches is, has there been a quote in your life that you've lived by? Or is there a saying that you love to live by that you love to tell others that dictates how you are successful and how you live your life? Do you have a favorite quote?
1: Um, I don't know, man. You should have let me prepare for that one. I would have thought about it. (laughs) I, I, I don't. mm. Sometimes, um, I'll say like I'm, like I'm just, I'm just out here trying to be like a badass motherfucker, and I (laughs) try every day. Like I'm just here to be a a bam. Like that, that's what I'm trying to do. You know. And then sometimes, if I'm like not being successful, I don't know if this is where you're going with this or if I need to step it on them. Like, hey, don't be a, don't be a Pab. Like, don't be a punk ass bitch. Like, you got to, don't be a Pab. I love that. <laughs> so, like, that's how I like, I push myself and like, where, where are we going today? Are we going to be a punk or are we going to like get our shit done? Like, what, what's happening? I
0: love that. I, I, I'm going to start using that. I'm going to tell it to my fiance <laughs> today. Don't be a Pab. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anna, I want the world to know all about you where can our audience learn more about you and your company and your awesome team girls
1: so on uh instagram enlightened.nf is our company and then um, my instagram is on lucille fit and then we're also on um facebook and tbd on building a website we're in the works
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you Anna. you getting pumped up for the holidays what do you got planned for this end of the quarter of the year we got going on here
1: yeah, I'm really excited for the holidays. i it's It's Christmas officially, so we got to decorate,
0: hell, yeah. I can't tell you how many people yeah. are arguing with me. I'm like, November first starts Christmas time. and then it lasts yes. all the way through January,
1: <laughs> yes. Time passes too fast for us not to decorate November first.
0: That's exactly right, all right? I came out to my office and they were already putting up inflatable snowmen. I'm like, what the hell? Awesome, but what the hell?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. my house is like Halloween is taking a shit and Christmas is coming out. It's kind of a shit show right now, but I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> Anna, thank you so much for your time. I've had a blast getting to know you a little better and talking with you today. I will definitely be talking all about you to future individuals who need a good badass mf or behind them to help them throughout <laughs> their journey as you've had thank you so much for coming on the podcast for everyone listening today please be sure to check out anna on her social media web pages and for the best in becoming the best evolved coach be sure to check out evolve health and performance on our own instagram at evolve underscore hp and tune in and share this episode with all your friends and we'll see you in the next one coach p and anna are out of here if you like today's episode, please be sure to drop a like, share it with all your friends, and give us a great review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to work with the best in the business, please be sure to head over to all of our social media web pages at Evolve Health and Performance. Us at Evolve, we're trying to make you the best athlete of all time and realize your full potential. Stay tuned for all future episodes where we bring you the best guests and features for everything health, fitness, and wellness. For everything Evolve, stay tuned. Coach P's out.